0: One finds that the tone of the financial media often mirrors that of the markets, quiet when the market's quiet, loud when it's not, in particular when returns are in the red. So we weren't surprised as bond markets were ripping the wrong direction this week to read scores of run for your lives headlines of likes normally reserved for gyrations in the stock market. Stocks were off too, though the extra volatility seems to have been taken more in stride. On the stock side, we're figuring most were thinking, oh yeah, there's a reason for stocks to drop, given the various noises coming from Washington DC. Of course there were reasons too for the volatility in bond markets, and there was a good bit of overlap between the two sets of rationale. That overlap almost always exists, in that events create news, which create investor responses, with various effects across portfolios. It's just not as often that we see bonds and stocks moving strongly in the same direction, in particular when the direction is moderately negative. Over the final seven trading days of September, stocks as measured by the S&P 500 were down 2%, while bonds as measured by the Bloomberg US Aggregate Bond Index fell 1.1%. The fact that bonds weren't providing their usual ballast against shakes in stocks clearly prompted the more cautionary notes. Folks were also keen to highlight the fact that we haven't seen this sort of negative move in bond markets since January of this year, and before that, March of last year, when many were chucking whatever they owned out the window. We find this thing occurring more and more in financial news when it comes to volatility and declines, comparing the latest drop to the last time we experienced a fall of similar magnitude. In a race to be the first with a headline, the magnitude of the losses seemed to keep getting smaller, and therefore so does the window of time since we last saw that level of decline. Those pieces nicely set up the, just how much worse can it get, second half of the article, in which there's usually at least one quote suggesting the worst is yet to come. With so many commentators so desperately wanting to be right about something going wrong, audiences might be forgiven for thinking that there's something they should be doing to counteract short-term investment risk. As you all know by now, though, we're pretty convinced there's no reliable method to counteract market forces in the short term outside of choosing not to be invested. That is, choosing not to be exposed to the risk of investment in the first place. Of course, no exposure to the risk means no exposure to the potential return either. Eventually, right or wrong, the joy or fear of either doesn't seem to be as pressing a concern to authors as in decades past. This day and age, seems commentators are extra incentivized to take a stand at the edge of reason in order to increase the comment section and Twitter feed arguments over the opinion. Any response is a response with value, no? Of course, many of these folks we read or hear in financial media don't need to be correct about something going wrong. So if they're wrong and things stay right, who cares? Well, Those that might have responded to any, since X is happening, you need immediately to do Y, may well care, especially when the outcome didn't turn out to be that which was originally predicted. I'm in no way wishing to speak general ill of the financial journalistic profession. After all, it was my vocation for a few years, and we remain strong consumers of what we consider respectable publications. What I learned early on in that work, though, is that one must at all times operate upon a foundation of facts, One must avoid the incorporation of one's own opinion, and one must ensure that one's work remains of interest to the intended audience. Financial news pieces generally begin to write themselves. Ultimately, the financial industry is a construct atop a universe of data. News happens when those data change, and when fresh takes on existing data are revealed. There's a not-so-subtle difference between those two types of news, though. For sure, if there's one beautiful thing about investable markets, it's that the data they provide are hardly arguable. The price of such and such was X on this date, the price was Y on that date, resulting in a change of Z. And that's all information that can be incorporated into an investment approach. Of course, the how of that incorporation is open to individual interpretation. That is, each investor decides what to do about the new information. For example, some might see a grand shift in trend in the bond markets that's begun over the past week and dramatically alter the fixed income exposures within their portfolios. Others might already have assumed just such a shift in trend and might alter the portfolio to adjust to a new perspective. Still others with longer term views might simply take the fresh data in stride and sit tight with existing allocations. And there begins the editorialization of financial data. We can argue all day long about the maths that are applied to market data. Even more, the application of the maths can even muddy the underlying facts of the data, but such is the nature of our business and of all such soft scientific endeavors. And it's in this part of the process where maintaining relevance with a particular readership seems to have exerted more powerful pressure on financial news. And that increasing pressure has left the parsing of what's fact and what's editorial within today's journals increasingly difficult. To it. With the seemingly boundless expansion of what's considered newsworthy and what's considered expertise, and as the term research takes on meanings vastly less robust than the consumption of textbooks, the pursuit of experimentation, and the collegial review of findings, we fear a bit the further rise of investment charlatanry. Minimally, though, the financial media have made it increasingly difficult for the average investor to determine what bits of information that are available to them are actually relevant to their financial well-being. Full disclosure, I used to perform the talking head trick when my investment pursuits were more narrowly focused on technology stocks. The efforts were fun, I suppose, but I ultimately concluded that I'd much rather spend that time providing specific guidance to clients in a manner that directly addresses their unique investment situation. So how do we as advisors filter relevance from the noise? Well, we start with a discipline that doesn't waver in light of a minor short-term shift in trend. In fact, our approach assumes the possibility of divergence, and that assumption allows us to remain cool in the face of market heat. Second, and many will say this so it doesn't necessarily make us unique, still, some may be surprised that we do our own work. What does that mean? As you all hopefully already know, we don't spend any time kicking the tires of individual companies. That's 100% wasted work of no value to investors, and I'm happy to argue with anyone who says otherwise. We do spend time doing math on the market, though, and that work both informs our investment process and helps us convey matters of relevance to clients so that we can formulate an appropriate financial plan and so that we over time can remain true to that plan, altering it only when necessary to develop a new optimal path. That approach is just one component of our fiduciary duty to do what's best for clients. In our view, that duty requires that we remain focused on the longer term and that we help our clients in every way we can to do the same. To that end, as markets indeed have heated up a bit, please know that we are happy to discuss the present investment environment, how various investment approaches have fared, and how we might best assist in the development and fulfillment of your financial plans. performance is not indicative of future results. The foregoing commentary is not presented as an investment recommendation. The approach described may not be right for everyone. No one listening to this commentary should take our comments as advice specific to or appropriate for their individual situations. Individual circumstances should be taken into consideration when determining a suitable investment approach. All investing carries risk.